Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. On a Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course, of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations all across the great state of Mississippi. Thank you for being with us on this Monday in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon. Didn't have a great weekend. Looking to dig yourself out of a hole? It's not the best plan, by the way. It's not the best plan, but. If you're going to do that, Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, Monday Night Football, you got an opportunity. Jump all over it. Just be careful. Be, be, be responsible. Uh, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky with you on this first day of the week, a week that means, uh, that includes two home games coming up on Saturday, Mississippi State hosting Georgia, Ole Miss hosting Alabama. We will get into those as the week goes along, fellas. What a weekend we had. You know the drill right out of the gate, 30 seconds. What did you like from the week? What, what stood out from the weekend, Michael Borky? Uh, that I think right now LSU, uh, as a two-loss team, if they run the table, will have a case over a bunch of one-loss teams uh, to make the playoff. I mean, their their resume, I know they have a loss to Florida State, I know, and that's they that's do. not a particularly good one. It looks better by the week, though. But if LSU finds a way to win the SEC, they're going to be, guaranteed, the first two-loss team to make the playoff. Guaranteed? He guaranteed. If they finish the season with just two losses, they will, absolutely will, make the playoff. If they finish the season with two losses, that means they win this week at Arkansas and they beat Texas A&M and they beat the whatever other game they've got on their schedule. It's uh, UAB, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they win in the SEC championship game, likely against Georgia. Yeah. And I would have absolutely no problem whatsoever with them being included in the playoff that that uh, does indeed happen. Brian Haydad, 30 seconds on the weekend. It's still funny the way he said family, but uh, maybe that's a little bit better fit than we wanted to give it credit for a few weeks back. Oh, it's a bad fit. You can just coach. Yeah, Win- winning is the fit. I- I'm just going to raise my hand and say I'm the guy that in October of last year suggested that LSU should hire Brian Kelly. Michael yeah, Borg has got the receipts. Family. I-, I do. And 
Borky's got the receipt. Maybe not. Now, I thought the winningest coach at Notre Dame with a place that has the resources and the talent availability that LSU had made a heck of a lot of sense. He's already got as many top ten wins than he had at Notre Dame. Mm. Mm. How about that? Yeah. It was a crazy, wild, fantastic, spectacular weekend of college football. Let's blitz. Duke, year number one under Mike Elko, bowl eligible, 38-31 over Boston College. They may be without their best running back coming up this weekend. UConn, within a game of bowl eligibility, after a 27-10 win over UMass, that's the good news. Bad news is, I think they got to play Liberty this week. Who knew how good a team that was going to be? Ohio State, not necessarily pretty. 40-mile-an-hour wind gust, pretty nasty weather, played with their food, overslept, missed the alarm clock, and yet they still won by two touchdowns over Northwestern, who, by the way, is still undefeated in continental Europe. Florida goes to College Station. A bunch of players for Texas A&M out with the flu. Florida played hard, played well. Anthony Richardson scores four touchdowns, and the Gators roll over the Aggies. Michael Borky going to have to get the Photoshop out and do a little bit of work on his Texas 8-4 and four logo because that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Gators nope. now 5-4, and four, one win away from becoming bowl eligible themselves. Um, quietest one-loss team in America, North Carolina. They weren't beautiful doing it. They beat three-win Virginia, 31-28, Drake May, Good at football. That's the quarterback at North Carolina. They are now 8-1. and one. The uh, the shine of the interim head coach at Wisconsin, Jim Leonard, is kind of worn off, but Wisconsin at home gets it done against Maryland. Wisconsin, one win away from bowl eligibility. They are 5-4, and four, and they've got a matchup with Iowa coming up this weekend. Minnesota just quietly rolling to up. By the way, the Big Ten is not very good. It's just not. The top, Ohio State's good, Michigan's good, but after that, it's just a bunch of kind of whatever. Minnesota now 6-3. and three. They beat Nebraska in Lincoln 22-13. Speaking of Iowa, guess who's now went away from being bowl eligible? 24-3, and Iowa had a pulse offensively. They did. They scored 24 points. That defense still really, really good. Uh, there's one team that uh, we told you last Tuesday, and I, when I say we, I mean I, told you last Tuesday, they should have been in the top four of the college football playoff rankings. Well, there are a couple of teams that aren't going to be there this week, and here's one that still should be. TCU, 34-24. They just keep winning at home against Texas Tech. TCU now 9-0 and on the season. Um. Brian Haydad's going to love to explain to us the officiating decision in the Kentucky-Missouri game. Doesn't matter. It's all said and done, and Kentucky picked up their sixth win, 21-17. Kentucky is a good-bad team or a bad-good team? Which is it, Haydad? I can't keep up. I think they're just a bad team at this point. They're 6-3. and three. They're With bad. a dominating win over Mississippi State. Yeah. They're bad. Okay. Um, I'll mention this one because I was there, and for one other reason. Temple 54-28 over South Florida in a battle of two you teams got points. who were looking you got for to call their a lot first. Of touchdowns. I did that. First conference win. Ed Sadie, the running back for Temple, had a previous career high of 69 yards rushing. 
He went for 275 on the ground on Saturday. What did that add up to? Uh, Jeff Scott, former offensive coordinator at Clemson, and now the former head coach at South Florida, given his walking papers, he was fired yesterday. So Bruce Feldman put Jamie Chadwell on the shortlist for USF. Why on earth would he do that? Not Feldman, although... Why would he do that, too? But why would Jamie Chadwell take that job? He's got it rolling at Coastal. Rolling. And he would take another G5 job, one that's probably worse at this point? Mm. Hmm. There's a lot of building to do at USF. Yeah, the SEC is going to come calling that guy soon. Why do you think he's jumping to USF? It's crazy. Baylor 38-35 over Oklahoma. Oklahoma now 5-4 and four on the year. Baylor 6-3. and three. Georgia State goes to Hattiesburg and, whew, and then 28-0 at the half. We're up 35-0, won at 42-14. Southern Miss still needs one more win to get to bowl eligibility. Uh, has Bowden Nix been the best quarterback in college football this year? 49-10, Oregon over Colorado. Oregon now eight and one. That's eight straight wins. Yeah, there's a little bit Those of recruiting talk. rankings. They they make sense now. Sometimes there's a little bit of talk about uh, Auburn's interest in Dan Lanning. Wonder if he'd bring his quarterback with him. Bring him home. <laughs> well, now isn't that an interesting thought? Penn State beats Indiana 45-14. Not going well for Tom Allen. Penn State is so incredibly ho hum at seven and two. Remember when Pittsburgh was undefeated? Yeah, they've lost three in a row. Pittsburgh 19-9 over Syracuse. Georgia-Tennessee, we'll get into this one more later this afternoon, 27-13. From sunny and blue skies to torrential rain, didn't matter. They could have played it on the moon. Georgia was just a lot better than Tennessee, especially on the defensive side. What in the world has happened to Oklahoma State? Injuries. They're just, they got hit bad with it. Three straight losses for OSU, but guess who's bowl eligible? The Kansas Jayhawks, six and three, with three still to play for Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Entertaining game in Memphis, UCF, 35-28. They did it without John Rice Plumley, who was not cleared to play in this ball game. Some Mikey controversy Keen. there now. Yeah. yeah. Some calls for that switch to be permanent. Yeah, and I think he can still help you out. Keen's a better passer of the football. Uh, Michigan State kind of burst Illinois' bubble, 23-15. Sparty's now 4-5. and five. Illinois still leading the Big Ten West. Uh, wait, is this right? Liberty 21, Arkansas 19. Wait, what? <laughs> Buddy, that is right. And... Shout out to somebody on this show that even in the COVID year when Arkansas was so impressive, wondered, are we really, should we really be this impressed with what's going on there? It's good, but that's all it is. And it turns out, blind squirrels finding nuts occasionally. We're doing a lot of patting ourselves on the backs today. That's fine. Yeah, we we earned it. In true Liberty fashion, I watched a lot of that game. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I hear you. Texas 34-27 over Kansas State. They were so good against K-State that game day said, we want to come back to your place. Texas TCU's got game day this week. 
Uh, we'll spend a little more time on LSU over Alabama. I, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to pause the blitz and pick this up because there are a couple of things that we have to talk about. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. To be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in ceasefire country. To learn more, find them online at ceasefire.com/slash business. Mike says, When exactly was it that Northwestern won on the European continent? Come on, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> I love that guy. Ay, ay, ay. I love You're that so guy. so that guy, Mike. He picks and chooses his battles, too, but he'll come well, actually, when it's just something like that. Mm-hmm. Hunter says Arkansas now feels like a must-win for Ole Miss. They were preparing for the Rebels last week. Looks like. Ole Miss can't lose to Arkansas now, and I, I just suggested to Hunter that maybe Arkansas needs to focus on LSU before they worry about Ole Miss. He goes, wait, they don't play this week? <laughs> Arkansas's got problems, man. It, it, that doesn't take away from the, the win. That's a really significant win for Hugh Freeze and his potential candidacy for a job. Now, there are some red flags. Great that, audition. Yeah, great audition. That, that Auburn's going to have to decide to ignore if they want to go down that road. But that's a really impressive win, and it tells you that, regardless, that dude's a hell of a football coach. There's no doubt about it. That guy can coach football really, really well. However, how many players on his team could play in the SEC? If every Liberty player hit the portal, how many would be on an SEC roster next year? They had a defensive lineman that looked pretty good. Eight. Running back was okay. I mean, you remember Vandy's in the SEC. True. But, I mean, that that says a lot about Arkansas, too, now. I mean, it says a lot about Hugh Freeze, but that's also a a stunning indictment on Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson's not healthy at all, but they couldn't protect him. That's a mess up there now, or it's becoming a mess really quickly, especially if this weekend goes the way we think it's going to go. Because we got to spend more time on that game. We get, Can we rip the music back one more time? we got to finish the blitz. There are like four things left on the – I knew this was going to be a problem this week because I had 27 games pulled up. All right, so we mentioned LSU over Alabama. We're not going to talk about that right now because we got to get into that one. Boys, Dallas, Texas. Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening. SMU 77, Houston 63. Clayton Toon, the quarterback for Houston, went 36 of 53 for 527 yards with seven touchdowns and three interceptions. That was not good enough, though, to be the player of the week in the American Conference because Tanner Mordecai completed 28 of 37 for 379 yards and nine t- <laughs> touchdowns. 
No interceptions, by the way. I don't know how they figured this stuff. He had a quarterback rating of 242, which seems high. That seems good. Hey, yay, yay. A beatdown in the shadow of the Golden Dome. Notre Dame 35, Clemson 14. Porky's going to need rotator cuff surgery. He keeps patting himself on the back for this one. This oh, I'm be, so proud of that. He's going to use two one. hands. Oh, man. I got. I, somehow, a, a guy that I haven't spoken to since high school sent me a text getting mad at me for something I tweeted. I haven't heard from this guy since high school. I graduated high school in 2010. 12 years. And he somehow saw something that I said about Clemson and Dabo and didn't like it. And I was very happy to receive that message. South Carolina 38, Vanderbilt 27. Beamer Ball is bowl eligible. Vanderbilt, not so much. And finally, I mentioned last week, hey, did you guys know that Florida State and Miami are playing? Remember when this used to be a big game? Miami forgot. that Florida State treated it like it still was. 45-3, Knowles over the U. Northwest quietly having a nice little mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. North hey, back for the You down. It's, yeah. It's, they're six they're in distress. You know what's kind not of, Miami. What's kind of funny is you know, we're not naive, right? Everybody's giving money in NIL. My gosh, Old Miss and State are begging people to give money to NIL. But the two biggest Flash programs that spent all this money and had all this stuff going on in NIL, both are terrible. Texas A&M and Miami were the programs spending all this money. And again, they're both terrible. That's it. That's all I got. That's all of them. Wow. What a what a day. Yeah, it was. And it, it kind of... It was what you expected, right? I mean, it just kind of sputtered out of the gate. Game day was just okay. Then you get the 11 o'clock kickoff games, and you know you got Missouri-Kentucky in there, and you got Texas A&M and Florida in there. And it kind of took getting to about 2 o'clock to, to get some stuff going that was a little bit interesting. But, boy, it was like all of those games drank all morning. Like they hit the Bloody Mary bar hard that morning because college football was drunk. Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. And it was glorious. Oh, and, and the weather, too. I mean, it's not just the, that the games were great. I mean, Alabama-LSU was an objectively great football game. I mean, I had somebody say this to me Saturday night, and I don't really disagree with them. If you told me I got to pick Alabama-Tennessee or Alabama-LSU, which game was more enjoyable, I think Alabama-LSU was better. I think. Because you had a modicum of defense that was played. You know, there's a little bit in there. Like, there were great defensive plays on top of also very nice offensive plays. It was actually a balanced football game as opposed to just points everywhere. But you had crazy weather. You had crazy games. You had brands. You had up-and-comers. All of that in just in one day. It was a perfect college football day. 
Hey, Dad, you you sat in the uh, in the the high dollar seats on Saturday night, didn't you? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. How was that? It was fun. Met a lot of fans of the show. Mm-hmm. They all told me to tell you the whatever I can that you bleep, should eat crap. Bleep bleep. Yes. A lot of that. Like when you see Richard Cross, you tell him. Uh, but they love the show, so I, I was like, be happy to pass that along. And uh, it was it was it was good to you know jump back in. I, I watched it with two of my oldest friends that I hadn't sat with a, with at a game in in years, and it was fun. It was good to be up there. Very cool. Um, let, let's can we, should we push back the rest of the SEC to after winners and losers and kind of dive in on on Mississippi State and Auburn? Yeah, let's do it. So Bulldogs won. Hey, Dad, I, I listened to uh, – I, I was blowing leaves. I uh, was running some errands yesterday, and so I listened to a, a little bit of thunder and lightning post-game and your, your things that are true. And I feel like – I felt like if it hadn't already been recorded, if it was live, I, I should have called you and be like, hey, you know State won, right? Well, I mean, the post-game show, I can't control that. I just take people's people's comments, you know. I just go along with the flow. Uh, the podcast itself, though, I mean, there's a lot. There was a lot to say. You know, I, I really felt like I was watching a more high-scoring version of three to two, two bad football teams going at it, and just somebody had to win, so somebody did. Yeah. Take me through it. Just, just I, I, now, now, full disclosure. I did my best to watch all of this game. I was not able to watch all of this game because I was subject mm-hmm. to spotty internet on an airplane that was coming and going and kind of bouncing around, and so I did the best I could. And then when I last night before I went to bed, I watched the condensed highlights of it. Um, I, I, can I give you one observation and then you go wherever you want to? Sure. If I were Mike Leach, which clearly I'm not, I would have more time in which Ra-Ra Thomas, Tulu Griffin, and uh, Mr. Duckwalk are on the field all at the same time. Well, we can't have that because Ra-Ra Thomas and Tulu Griffin play the same position. It's like, just, you know, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's, I know. That's not I, doable. I hear you. I know. It's not doable. I know. So I would have Justin Robinson in that group, too. But Oh, kind of who knows? Four receiver set then, maybe. I mean... I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, you know, it's 24 to 3. And, you know, you, you're feeling like, okay, this game is going according to script. State's going to blow them out. Uh, if you watch the, the first quarter, especially, Robbie Ashford wanted no part of any contact. He was running out of bounds. He was hit, He was sliding early. He, he was trying to be careful to the point where I thought maybe they told him, don't take any chances because we don't have anybody behind you. And I was like, if that's the case. It's going to be tough for them to win. But then he, they just got confidence. State was able to give them confidence because, A, their offense went to a stop, and, B, they kept turning it over. Special teams was like, just an ugly game. I guess we'll get more into it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is... Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. 
Will Rogers, 42 of 59, 357 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Robbie Ashford for Auburn was 7 of 22 for 75 yards through the air. Auburn had 256 yards on the ground and four rushing touchdowns, two of which belonged to Robbie Ashford. Mississippi State had 18 carries on the stat sheet, although that's not entirely accurate in terms of actual running plays in the game, for a total of 13 yards on the ground. I got a stat. But the game did end on a rushing touchdown. I got a stat. You want it? Yes. So, okay, so against Arkansas, State's probably best offensive game of the year. They had 568 total yards in that game and 40 points. Okay. Uh, State State's running backs carried the ball 36 times in that game, right? In the three games since, State's running backs have carried the ball 38 times combined. Isn't that all predicated on look? Okay, what I will say to that, and I've seen people saying that. Here we go. It's been driving me crazy. If your offense is so fragile that one guy moving into the box means we can't run the ball at all, then you've got a bad offense. Well, the the reason why I was asking the question Mullen and Moorhead, yeah, Mullen and Moorhead would run seven, eight guys in the box. No, we're running the ball. And you had guys who could do it. But this offense... One guy moves up into the box, and they're like, oh, we got to throw here. And, and it's not like you're throwing it downfield. You're still throwing it within three yards of the line of scrimmage. So that guy is still there to make the tackle. Yeah. Hey, Ed, you want another step? Eventually, yeah, go ahead. Since, since, since you always like to compare and contrast between two schools when we're talking about anything, Mississippi State had 375 yards of total offense against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss had 448 on the ground. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. What is going on with this offense? Nothing. It's Why? The, it's, it's the same. It's the same. It's the, it's it's not it's not the, it's regressed. Rodgers has regressed. I mean. Rodgers right now isn't going to get near last year's numbers at all. He's not going to be anywhere close to him at the rate he's going. Why? Not, not, not why he specifically. Why has this offense gone backwards? What's different? Well, you know, I don't know because the first, you know, five, six games of the year, it looked like it was moving in the right direction. Rodgers was putting up great numbers, and the running backs were – Week in and week out, getting the ball and running the ball and being effective. And then Kentucky seems to provide a blueprint that Mississippi State cannot adjust from. That, that for whatever reason, Mississippi State cannot overcome. And now they, they've completely basically given up on running the football. I mean, if you look at, at Saturday's game... Mississippi State, you know, like you said, 18, eight carries or 18 carries for 13 yards, right? That includes Will Rogers getting sacked five times. Also includes there was a, a bad snap on a punt. So George Georgopoulos is credited for a carry for negative 11 yards, right? But Marks carried the ball seven times for 45 yards. That's six and a half a carry. Mm-hmm. State had 
24 straight passes from while leading while leading the game 24 to 3 to 24 to 19 they had 24 straight pass plays State had 40 plays in this game that were first downs, right? Either they got a first down or this is the start of the possession, right? 40 plays. Two of them, they end up spiking the ball you know, late in the game or whatever. The, of the other 36 plays, 32 of them were passes. They're not, they don't run the ball on first down. This offense has gone, has gone back to what it was doing two years ago. They don't run the football despite the fact that they were incredibly successful at running the football the first five, six weeks of the season, and that's what made everything else work, I think. But now that they're not doing it anymore. They've just given up on it. And the results are what you see last night, or I'm sorry, two nights ago, where they just they just keep stalling out for this. For They stalled out for basically a, almost two full quarters. And they they got... Some juice in the fourth quarter to come back and, and get into the game, but this game it was twenty four to three, and I'm thinking, okay, you're gonna run away with this. And it was sort of similar to the Ole Miss game, but Ole Miss never let Auburn come all the way back, right? Ole Miss was always in control. There were times where you're like, well, if Auburn could make a play here, they they would have something. But Ole Miss never let them make that play. And when they had to, and when they had to, they 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 kept control of the game at all times. State was behind. In a game that they led 24 to 3, this was the stat that really got me. I'm full of them today. With nine minutes and 30 seconds to go in the first quarter, Rodgers had 103 passing yards. And I'm looking around going, he's going to throw for like 500 yards tonight. And then State's yeah. just going to roll this team. And you see how it ended up. You know what he did early in the game? He pushed the ball down the field. They ran the ball. They well, pushed no, the ball no, on the field but, and they but, ran but the when, ball. When he threw well, it, that was part of the game that I was able to watch. It was like it was passed by boom, boom, boom. Over the middle, in yeah. in in stride, not at the line of scrimmage. I, I just yeah, state quarter by quarter, state had a hundred and fifty three yards in the first quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Second quarter, they had fifty four. Now, granted, there's a there's a kickoff return for a touchdown in there, and there's a, a turnover on downs deep in state territory that state scored on that drive, but it was a short drive because they were they were so deep in Auburn territory. But still, forty yards total. In the second quarter, or in the third quarter, that includes five carries for negative twenty-nine yards. I think in that five carries, only maybe one of those is an actual carry. And then they have one hundred and thirteen yards in the fourth quarter when that when they put together, they finally were able to put together another drive. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible how much this offense has regressed in the past three games. Where they went from looking like okay, they figured out the formula, right? They, they're they're able to run the football. Rogers is effective passing, and now they they just they can't do anything on the ground. And it, it, when I say they can't do anything, it feels like they won't do anything on the ground. Yeah, and the comment I made on to. the podcast yesterday, the comment I made on the podcast yesterday is if Leach is the head coach, at some point, if it's a you know we're checking into runs and this is what Rogers sees, at some point Leach has to just tell Rogers we're going to run the ball here. And I don't care if they put the whole team on the line of scrimmage. You're going to run the ball, or I'm going to take you out of the game. Because we have to continue to at least look like we want to run the football. Well, and, you know, as I'm I'm watching the highlights, and these are obviously, again, just highlights and snapshots, and, and so it doesn't give you an exact look. But the idea that there are seven in the box and therefore you can't run it, 
is about the dumbest explanation I've ever heard. So, your seven in the box just a moment ago was four down linemen for Auburn and three linebackers who were set across at seven yards deep. You can run against that formation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for like 120 years. You can run against it. I feel like this is wasted energy, though, because when over the last 20 years have you seen the desire to do that? And that's what's that's what's painful right now. I mean, and then you know, defensively, I mean, I know state state gives up a lot of yards there on the on the ground, but most of it's you know second half when they're. I mean, the offense cannot stay on the field. The defense is doing everything they can. I felt like they the defense played pretty well. They did a pretty good job, even though they gave up thirty you know thirty three points. You know, it, look, Auburn started four. Auburn started four drives inside MSU territory in the thirty five or or. Closer. They started three drives in the MSU red zone. Two things. One, again, Mississippi State did win the game. There's that. Mm-hmm. They're six wins, bowl yeah. eligible. St- Georgia, still on East schedule. State, still bowl. on schedule. Great eh. win. Still on schedule. Eh, I mean, it's, I guess, eh. still a possibility, eh. but come on. Come on, man. Really? I mean, oh, come I'm, I'm not going to I don't think I won't predict the old state to win, but I'm not gonna sit here and act like Ole Miss is some unbeatable juggernaut. No, I didn't. State say plays that, the way right? they played last Saturday night. No, no chance. State plays the way they played against A&M or, or Arkansas. Yeah, they could beat Ole Miss. Okay. The the, the thing that I was thinking, I, I hear what you're saying on. Okay, so so Will Rogers goes to the line and he sees something. It's like okay, based on the concepts of our offense, what I'm seeing right now, this is what we're supposed to do. And, and so you're like, mm-hmm. now Mike Leach needs to say, you either run the ball or I'm going to bench you. Mm-hmm. I got a problem with that though, because Will Rogers is not like some rogue guy who's like, we are not running the football. He's doing what he has been coached to do. He is seeing what he has been coached to see and to look for and therefore to check into at the line of scrimmage. I think the blame on Will Rogers for they ran it or they, they threw it 24 times, I think that's misplaced. Well, then I'm, I'm, somebody had, I said on the podcast, it's either Leach or Rogers. I don't care which one you blame, but you got to blame one of them. Well, Mike Leach is the one that has coached Will Rogers into what he wants him to see in that offense. I, I just, we'll talk more about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to, back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Supertalk Mississippi. to begin the 5 o'clock hour. I'm sorry, the 4 o'clock hour. In just a few minutes from right now, you can send us yours on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. So there are a couple of things that have made the rounds on the interwebs after Mississippi State's game. One is the video of Mike Leach in the folding chairs. Haydad, would you care to speak to this? 
he basically said that he thought those the guys on the uh, on the bench were not doing a good job of staying in the game and not doing a good job of supporting their teammates. So he went and took their chairs and folded them up and said, "You're not sitting. Got no hands and no chairs." Did anybody replace the chairs? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. My guess is, you know, the average football player, if the head coach did that, you're just like, I'm not going over there. Hmm. Maybe if he played the best receivers, they wouldn't be sitting down on the sideline. Ah, well, <laughs> you're just asking too much. Uh, all right, and then we get to uh, we get to a post game, and hmm. uh, he he pulled out one of the greatest hits. Let, let, let's hear from Mike yeah. post game. Play, play the classics. Go. I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain. But where, where, you know, instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want to sit behind a a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. And that's what we're shooting for way too often, I thought. You know, when can we relax, making judgments on plays? And, um, well... And it definitely bit us pretty hard, and it certainly created uh, uh, um, some obstacles we had to fight through. And, um, well, it'd be a lot better if we'd meant to do that in the first place. I wish I could tell you we did. Steve. All right. There's some probably that say, Richard, you know, it's not really your place to have a have a take here. You're not a Mississippi State guy, but you know what? I don't care. I'm, 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 I get to have an opinion. So here's my opinion. We got dinosaur arms. We're scared of the opponent. Instead of focusing, we, uh, we'd rather go sit under a lemonade a tree and eat a fish sandwich and drink a lemonade with our fat little girlfriends. I think I got that right. At some point, who in the heck's fault is that? I get that after the game it's real fun to blame all the players. But at some point when you're making $5.5 million a year and your football team doesn't do things well during the course of a game, like, I don't know, catch the football or be engaged or feel like they can win going into a game, it's not their fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And Mike Leach would rather sit in front of a microphone and make comments about being scared of the opponent, the opponent's jersey, or his his receivers have got dinosaur arms, or fat little girlfriends, than answer an actual football question and explain why he's doing some of the things that he's doing because he does not like to be challenged on football things, and so he'll divert and divert and divert and divert and divert, and then people forget what they were asking in the first place, and the national media goes, ha, 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 fat little girlfriends from Mike Leach again. And he doesn't, once again, get challenged, and he doesn't have to answer why he doesn't actually run the football in the Southeastern Conference. He doesn't have to answer why his guys are not progressing in terms of catching footballs. He doesn't have to actually answer on why they're not engaged in a game or losing focus in a game because he'll make little off-the-mark, off-the-wall deal. I'm sorry. At some point, stop making excuses and shifting the blame on everyone but yourself. That's all I got. I mean, the buck buck stops with the head coach, with the guy who makes the big money. I don't think there's any getting around that. 
Yeah, but it doesn't. And it, it, but it doesn't. Hey, no, Dad, I, 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 just I, I, ask I, I it. He'll tell saying. you. He'll, he'll tell you about Bigfoot. I, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. Well, nah, he's, he's been sick. I mean, the man had the flu. Come on, let's, let's you know. As as someone who suffers from those For kind what, of coughing five attacks, years. Well, I'm just saying. I, I he sounded like me up there when I when I get sick. It's, it is annoying, and it it is you know it's frustrating. But the the more frustrating to me is what's happening on the field. I could care less about what Leach says off the field about what's happening on the field. I'd just rather him fix what's happening on the field. So you're not allowed that to being ask said, why that is, though. Well, that being said, I mean, you got Georgia, you're going to lose. You got East Tennessee State, you're going to win. You're going to go to the Egg Bowl. If you said Brian put money on it, my money would go on the Rebels. Then you play seven and five. You go to a bowl game that nobody really wants to go to. You got no excitement in your football program, and you coach for your job next year. Ceasefire text line. Also remember, you guys looking forward to all his quirky little comments and press conferences. Yeah, no, I mean, like from like an innocent bystander standpoint, as a guy that likes to see Ole Miss do well, absolutely keep doing it. But as a guy that's hosting a sports talk radio show in Mississippi and tries to just kind of be fair. He doesn't own anything, and he loves to throw his players under the bus when it doesn't work out. And to me, if I were a Mississippi State fan, I'd be sick and tired of that. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Action on the Ceasefire text line with you, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge, get Ceasefire Fiber Internet, powered by Ceasefire. I think that was redundant, of course. Serviced by IT professionals that live where you do, right here in Ceasefire country. For more information, visit ceasefire.com slash business. Um... We'll get to a bunch of your messages, or I will try to uh, remind you we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Uh, let's let's rip through a few of these. A lot, lot of, uh, I mean, I said some things. I, hey, Dad, I don't know if that made you uncomfortable or if you agree with it or, you know, some of it, not all of it, whatever. Uh, which is fine. I'm not putting you in a position where you've got to agree with it. Preach Richard from a bulldog. Uh, right on, Richard. Time for him to go. I'm not suggesting that it's time for him to go. I just think it's time for him to take some ownership. Mike Leach experience isn't playing out well. That's from Cody and Tupelo. Uh, Gibb and Greenwood says it was all cute and funny when he was someone else's coach. I had a couple of people said, I remember um, you guys talking about how much you enjoyed Mike Leach bits from press conferences, I, I still enjoy them. It's just kind of talking about that from a little bit different perspective. Um, 
And there's some people that disagree. Uh, we got one that's like, hey, I come to you guys to uh, simmer down there, Rich. I listen for fun, and you're ruining that. The first half looked like they were going to win by 50. The third quarter was terrible, and then they made plays to win. You're kind of overreacting. Okay. Bruce Marshall texted the show. It can't just be all fun all the time. I mean, if things aren't good, then and, and it is ironic because it is after a win, which is important. I do think though there, there's something that I would love to if I got had a stopwatch and a few hours of free time, which I don't have. I would love to calculate Rodgers' time to throw because Zach Wilson, for example, for the Jets, kind of stinky, right? He's been the worst quarterback in the NFL. And time to throw. He takes, on average, over three seconds to throw the football. Worst in the NFL. Holds the ball too long. I would love to know what Will Rogers is. There are so many times, Saturday night, where he had a clean pocket and just decided that it was going to be clean forever. And, and didn't throw the football. And I, and we don't have access to the All-22, so maybe there's not a single person open downfield. However, I watched the better quarterbacks play and they throw guys open. They throw to guys that are covered, and they put the ball in a spot where either their receiver can catch it or nobody can, and that's it. It seems like when he does test vertically, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's a guy that's covered. Sometimes it's a really close, tight window. But often it's like he's sitting there looking for somebody to come wide open. And in the SEC, when you're playing against teams, even Ole Miss's bad defense has NFL guys playing in the secondary. You're not going to just have guys running wide open for four quarters. You've got to either force it or you got to get the ball out fast because if you're going to sit there in the pocket and hold it forever, which sometimes it feels like, eventually things are going to break down. You can't ask your offensive line to hold their blocks for five, six, seven seconds. It's not going to happen. would love to know what his time to throw is. It's probably not good compared to others in the SEC. Even in a quick strike offense, it's still probably not good. I thought Rodgers had, there were several opportunities, especially in some of the ones where he took a sack or, or the one where he uh, fumbled, where he had time to make a throw. He had time. His pocket awareness has not been great. And you can tell, and then, you know, something we talked about at the beginning of the season. And I said, you know, I don't think State can be better there, but can they just be average? I think they've been average. Maybe you have a little above average. I think Nick Jones has been pretty good. But you can tell how spoiled Will Rogers was by Charles Cross. And just knowing, hey, I don't have anything to worry about on my blind side. I'm good. Ain't nobody coming. And this year, when the pressure comes from the backside, he has not done a great job of being aware of it. We have a, a texter with a bit of an identity crisis. He has identified himself as A.J. from Yazoo County, Tanner and Bruce, and today he's Logan from Corinth. But he says Mike Leach is a good coach. If Kiffin leaves, would take him in a heartbeat at Ole Miss. <laughs> okay. Logan and Corinth, Tanner and Bruce, AJ and Yazoo. How about that? He's also Lane in Oxford. Yeah. And Tommy Tommy W. Tommy in and Kasuth. Ka- AJ and Kasuth. AJ and Kasuth. Okay. He also Rough, doesn't like me. Which is, is fine. I probably wouldn't like you either. I think he go he goes from being a state fan to being an Ole Miss fan here. Particularly, he talks about state lost the second best AD in the SEC, and there's no way anybody who isn't a maroon and white dyed bulldog would say that. And then he comes back and says, "Would take him at Ole Miss, like he's the one doing the Again, taking." Just a bit of an identity crisis. It's all good. 
It's all good. You know what else is fun? Right. What else is all good? Winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. And a winner never quit. What'd you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? I'm going to go off the wall winner for you. Ten-year-old boys without electronics. So, I had a little birthday party for Obi yesterday, and uh, they were all playing outside. They were uh, at, at my mother and father-in-law's house out at the lake, and somewhere they found a tire. I don't know if it was like in the edge of the lake where it was kind of buried in mud or if it was in the woods or whatever, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I just see them dragging this tire around, and all of a sudden you got 14 little boys who have climbed up to a bluff it's still possible to, like, make games out of nothing. The game turned into we're going to roll the tire down the bluff and see if we can get it to roll all the way to the water. So maybe that makes us losers as parents for allowing too much electronics. I was so entertained watching kids roll a tire down a hill. I know. Hey, you're like, okay, Richard, there was a lot of good from the weekend. That doesn't make any sense. It just did my heart good to see kids outside just making up games. So, winners. Also, Obi now 10 years old, a little hard to believe. A buddy, a winner. All right, Borky, can, can you top that? Can you top a, a tire rolling down a hill being a winner? I, I don't think I can top that. Although, uh, had an awesome experience at the Children's Museum on Saturday with uh, a, a much older boy than my son. And most kids that are older are really like careless. One kid ran right into mine and... James turned and looked at me and did like the the pouty upper lip like he was about to cry. He was gauging my reaction. Didn't actually hurt him, but big kid bumped him. That kid stopped, turned around, got on his knees, got to his level, and apologized to him. It was awesome. So whoever's raising that kid is uh, they're a winner. But no, Georgia. The, the score doesn't reflect how dominant they were uh, over Tennessee. I mean, defensively, they decided to. Uh, I think people are starting to call it red zone roulette where you take Tennessee's offense and you don't let them take the top off of you. And you keep them in front of you because that's what they're going to try to do, and eventually you can bait them into mistakes. And Georgia did that perfectly. They allowed Tennessee to move the football early on them, but once things, once the field started getting tighter, they were able to make plays and force Tennessee into field goals or into mistakes. It was a perfect defensive game plan. They were dominant, despite the score only being 14 points. Georgia was significantly better than Tennessee. The weather altered the score outcome, but it was clear as day who the better football team was, and Georgia was awesome on Saturday. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Could also be Tennessee, because with everything else that happened on Saturday, they are still firmly in the playoff conversation. All they've got to do is win out, and they will go to the uh, the college ball playoff. But I will, uh, I will not go there for my winner. I will go to the other big game in the SEC Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. We wrote them off. They lost to Florida State. We were like, oh, man, it's going to be a long year uh, down there on the bayou. And instead, they're playing great football. We wrote Jaden Daniels off, and he's playing at an incredibly high level. Um, and and this is just year one. And, you know, this was supposed to be sort of a transition year. And it's just I think I think they got the right guy. I think they got the right guy. I'm not saying he's going to knock the Saban dynasty out. I'm not saying that, but... I think they got a guy who can who can get in the ring and punch with Alabama down there. 
By the way, Borky, Georgia's defensive group, six sacks, eight tackles for loss in that game. Yeah. And it just lived in the backfield. I honestly thought it was more than that. It felt like it was more than that. I mean, that that was a dominating yeah. performance. And uh, I wonder if Eric Ainge still thinks that it's not that hard to go play in Sanford Stadium. Oof. That was a good crowd too. They were they were into it. They were hyped. Yeah, they were pouring down rain, and not one person left their seat in that ball game. Nah, uh, nah. Massimo Biscardi, a winner. He um, kicks a field goal, goes through the uprights. But it didn't count because Carnell Williams, the interim head coach for Auburn, took a timeout. And then he has to do it again. And right, I mean, he, he held on as long as he could and took another timeout. And it went through the uprights. And so for a third time, Biscardi had to line up and he made it a third consecutive time. That's big time from a kicker. That, that that's big time. That that's an assistant. Uh, another head coach messed with you in the head a little bit, and uh, a big field goal for Mississippi State. So, Massimo Biscardi, a winner. We'll continue this when we come back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Doing winners and losers, you can send us yours on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Overtime, trailing 31-30. Alabama with the lead. LSU playing for the game. Here is a winner. Great play design. Mason Taylor lined up uh, off the line on the right side. Two receivers to the right. They both work toward the middle of the field. Maybe a little bit of a pick. You drive another corner off the ball. Taylor slips into the uh, just just shy of the end zone. And look, we got on to Jimbo for not uh, for having a route that was short of the end zone. But with everything flowing that way, momentous. Honestly, it looked a lot like the uh, the throw that Tom Brady made at the end of the game yesterday where the tight end caught the ball and got into the end zone for uh, for a touchdown for Tampa Bay. Great play call. And it worked out for LSU. Two-point conversion, 32-31. LSU gets the win. And uh, I just got one more winner for you. Here you go. All the way through, and it's in! Gabrielle has turned it into close range, and Arsenal have taken the lead. Boom! Go the cannons! Boom! Go the cannons, Michael Borky. Like waking up at six a.m. for that, Michael Borky. It is possible for Haydad to actually get up early. Timestamp text message yesterday, six a.m. Let's do this. Hashtag KTBFFH. Hashtag COYB. I have no idea what those hashtags mean. Yeah, what? Keep the blue flag flying high, and uh, come on, you blues. Mm. My response was, how do I watch this other than Telemundo? <laughs> and then I told you, it was on USA yeah. No, I, I found it. It took you a little while to uh, respond. Uh, the cannons, I was watching big, the game. Big, big win for the cannons. Or the gunners, if you prefer. I would prefer the gunners, yes. So, uh, winner, 
Me? Who says people can't change? If I can change and you can change, we all can change. Mm. You guys know that I am one of the most ardent critics of the officials. But when the officials left the field Saturday night at Davis Wade Stadium, I gave them a standing ovation. Because that was not pass interference that was called on Auburn to set Mississippi State up with a first and goal. That was a really soft pass interference call. So I I, I recognize the officials for their part in the Bulldog victory. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That was pretty bad. Uh, Kansas. So Kansas beat Oklahoma State. They are now bowl eligible. Kansas. Is bowl eligible? How about that? Mm-hmm. Every Power Five program will now go to a bowl game before Nebraska, or since Nebraska last went in 2017. Every Power Five program has been to a bowl game since Nebraska's last trip to a bowl game if they don't find a way to get there this year. They are, they are sitting on three wins with three to play. So unless they went out... Every Power 5 program has been to a bowl game since Nebraska's last been. But Kansas gets the win, and because they got the win, their fans stormed the field and tore down a goalpost. This is the best part, though. A few hours later, Kansas football tweets an image of a brand new goalpost in the spot where the one was torn down, taking a shot at Tennessee, said, no GoFundMe needed. Oh, oh, well played. I love it. Well I love the played. Stuff. The grounds crew put a goalpost up right away. How awesome is that? Just had one. Hey, I got one more winner that's officiating related. You remember a few years ago when, like, the slightest bit of celebration in college football got a flag? I mean, you even had that in the NFL. I mean, it's where the the No Fun League moniker came from. And then the NFL decided, hey, you know what, it's okay to celebrate and let our guys be individuals. And college football has adopted that as well. And it's because of that that we get things like Caleb ducking doing the duck walk in the end zone that's just the most perfect celebration after a touchdown. I love it. Love it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh Let's get to some of these. We, we can circle back to some losers if we need to. Hammy in Hattiesburg, back in Hattiesburg. Glad to have him back in the great state of Mississippi. Hammy says the Irish were taking care of Clemson and keeping them out of the college football playoff. That makes Notre Dame a winner. They did, in fact, do the nation a favor. Uh, this is for Borky from Luke in Oxford. Winner, the Nets, for suspending... Kyrie Irving, loser, the Lakers, and LeBron James with a lower true field goal percentage than James Harden. How about LeBron, by the way, just getting caught in another lie? That dude is a pathological liar, but they're all really small, so nobody really calls him on it. This time, it was uh, he was asked about uh, one of the members of the rap group Migos, who was, was killed in Houston recently. Mm-hmm. And he said back in 2010 with the Heat, he was listening to Migos and his teammates were asking who that was. And he said, oh, these guys are going to hit it big. You just wait. Migos didn't release anything until 2011. So He found him on SoundCloud. Yeah. Did, I did SoundCloud exist in 2010? The, the, the Kyrie Irving thing, while a joke on many levels, is... Teaching me that almost nobody knows what the First Amendment is. The Nets suspending him are not violating his First Amendment rights because the Nets are not the government. But 
people just don't understand what the First Amendment is anyway. That was talking basketball back to football. in the morning. Loser Pete Gelded, I think he means Pete Golding, the Alabama defensive coordinator. His defenses are never tough in crunch time. Near losses to Texas, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and LSU. All Alabama losses the last three years. All Alabama losses have been defensive losses. They play like they're gelded. Mm. Um, Tim Brando on Twitter. Twitter, I think. I believe it. No matter what you're about to say, I'll believe it. This just in, due to unforeseen circumstances, Clemson football and Alabama football losing tonight. The college football playoff has determined that they will expand the playoffs effective immediately. Andy Staples <laughs> asked a really good question earlier today. Are there people that think that like there's a chance that they don't expand the playoff? Because because that's it, it's done. Like the decision's been made, but there are too many people that are like, "See, this is why we shouldn't." Or why they shouldn't. Or they should. It's like they are. It's over. We should direct them to our interview with Dr. Keenum. Yes. Jeff in Oxford, winner of the end zone bowling celebration by the Minnesota Vikings defense. Loser of the University really of Houston for scoring 63 points and losing by two touchdowns. I wonder if the basketball game between those two schools will be... Uh, we'll hit that over-under. Scott in Houston says Vanderbilt has not been to a bowl game since Nebraska last went. When did you say Nebraska last went to a bowl game? 2017. Yeah, uh, Vanderbilt went in 2018. That's not accurate. That's right. Vandy in both 2016 and 2018. What are the odds? That was somebody else that asked earlier about that, and I just happened to look it up on this day, on this show. Somebody texted the show about that. What are the odds? Every uh, again, every Power Five program has been to a bowl game since 2017, except for Kansas and Nebraska. And Kansas is going bowling this year. Winners: Astros and Mattress Mac. Yeah, Mattress Mac, uh, 10 million turned into 75 million on his uh, long plays for Houston to win the World Series. Good stuff. Uh, let's see here, winner. Disgusted was a winner. Repulsed was a winner. Pathetic was a winner. All from watching my Bulldog offense. The air raid can go kick rocks, or better yet, let's drown it in the Bogachita River. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) He left a word out, but I appreciate him not using my word. That's how I knew I had a listener behind me at one point in the game. I'm just sitting there looking out at the field, and I hear, this offense is putrid. And I just turned around. I was like, hey, it's gimmick infringement. Uh, winner, my son's 8U travel ball team turned a 6-3-2 triple play in the semifinals and went on to win a wow. championship at M-Trade Park yesterday. An 8 team awesome. turning a triple play is pretty Whoever that coach is, give him a, a little bonus. Uh, winner, Stetson Minute the 4th, winning again. Loser, Delta State, folding in the last five minutes of their game. First loss of the year for Delta State coming mm. in this past weekend. Um, loser, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator for the University of Alabama. They need to be fired. They're both getting fired at the end of this season. It, it's funny, though. It's, both things are true. Wait, Alabama. What? You think Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding are both being fired at the end of the year? I do, yes. Wow. Lost two games. Heads have got to roll. Sorry, go ahead, that. 
Well, it, it's just fascinating that Lane Kiffin in his press conference today said Alabama's two plays away from being undefeated, and he's right. They're also two mm-hmm. plays away from having four losses. Four. Four. Mike in Hattiesburg says, loser Southern Miss football. They took a big step back after Saturday's loss, and they got popped pretty good on Saturday. Those are your winners and losers from an incredible weekend in college football. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. You boys bought Powerball tickets? I have not. I'm going to. Probably should at this point. I feel like the, the, the value bet is there. $1.9 billion? So, What's my take uh, home on that? Uh, in Mississippi, it's about $542 million. You're going to pay the 37% federal tax. And this is assuming you take the lump sum, which is nine hundred and. Oh, what is it? Nine hundred and ninety-one million, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's okay. see here. I, I can tell you, it's uh, nine hundred twenty-nine million one hundred thousand um, dollars. So you're gonna pay thirty-seven percent federal tax and five percent state income tax in Mississippi. So you're gonna have shouldn't have a lot. All right. You're gonna if walk win, away with I'm over five hundred million in cash. If I win, I'm gonna build, have them build a brand new like fan pavilion at Mississippi State, and we're gonna call it the Richard Cross Fan Pavilion. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what that's what we're gonna go with. Okay, I'm great with that. To, to dedicated loyal bulldog Richard Cross. Hmm. Um, I'll put a statue of that 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 picture I have of you ringing the cowbell. That'll that'll be up there. Okay. <laughs> Do I get any kind of a royalty on that, or it's just? No, it's just going to be there. No, you just get the honor of being immortalized on on the campus. Uh, Dale, I, I mean Dale, we just have to fundamentally disagree. I, I think math would back me up on this. He says the smart move is taking the yearly payments. So if you take the annuity, you get basically the entire one point nine. Well, after taxes, you get like one point two billion, and then you get annual payments for the next thirty years. Um. I would point you to a com. I mean, now if you think you're going to blow through five hundred million or whatever, then um, then the smart move would be to take the annuity payments. But if you're going to invest the overwhelming majority of your winnings, then compound interest would tell you that taking the annuity payments is an extremely foolish proposition. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, like and we've played this game before. Like, so, 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 say you're getting, you're walking away with like five hundred thirty million dollars, and, and let's say you're going to take ten percent of of it off the top, and you're going to do tithing and charitable giving and whatever else, and then so, so that's fifty three. So you got four hundred eighty million left, and then you just decide to blow eighty million of it. You know, whatever you want to do. You want to buy an airplane. You want to buy vacation houses. You want to give some whatever you. Let's say you pour plug four hundred million dollars 
into a conservative investment strategy that returns 8% annually over the next 30 years. And by the way, the average stock market return over the last 70 years is like 8.9%. Then you're going to have $4 billion in 30 years instead of getting $40 million in a pop over the next 30. Math doesn't work. Well, well, that seems better. Oh, but he says that's not what Gerard says. Well, Gerard and I could debate Ooh. this then. And David points out if you die, it does not go well. I don't, I don't, do you have the opportunity? If you die, do you lose the remainder of the annuity, or does it get passed on to somebody else? I do not know the answer to that question. Surely if you put it in your will, got a legal, you got a legal inheritance there. Yeah, I don't know the answer. I don't know. Yeah. All yeah. right. And this is the part where Borky says, guys, if I win, you will not see me. Never again? You're just going to go credit card for like a month or six weeks until you get every you actually collect the money. Yeah, well, you'll still see me on Thanksgiving, well, Richard. I'll still come to I'll still come to dinner. Yeah, you guys you wouldn't go. see me. I, I, you wouldn't see me. I would still be in my home and stuff, getting everything settled. I would contact a financial advisor, start shopping for my beach house and my mountain house, and. You give some to St. Jude, and, and so talk to them about how that needs to work, and then go from there. But you guys wouldn't. It would be done. If I just don't show up to work one day, you know that I won. That's it. I just, I'll turn off my cell phone forever. I'll give my number to the people that need it, that I want to continue to hear from after I win all that money, and get a new number. Hey, that's something tells me we're, we're not getting his new number. No. No, and I would delete all my social media, and I would spend summer in the mountains and winter in the Keys. I've decided I'm going to go Keys. I would like to stay in the States. This is the greatest country in the world for a reason. could be neighbors. Yeah, and I'd hang out with Mike. We'd cough through some old stories together. <laughs> Borky, it's the best time of the year. It's going to be dark in 30 minutes. Oh, it's the worst. I, I, I'm glad that bill is, like, apparently possibly going to happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe. they got to get that right. Uh, let's see here. Jeff in Grenada says, if I win, I will buy Mississippi State a national championship with an NIL. Just one time. Oh, I, I know. I got pe- Charlie Winfield's number if you need it. I know people that would guarantee a national championship if they win the lottery. It would be impossible to lose. Like, not in the Texas A&M way. I mean, they would buy every single player. I could buy, I could, you could get 25 players, a million dollars, for over four years. It's only 100 mil. And I'll, I'll buy the 25 best players in America for, for four years. And we'll call it a day. We love college football, right? College football is a great sport. But isn't it kind of messed up at the same time? Because think about it like this. College football sucks from this perspective. Because Texas A&M is able to sign great recruiting classes because somebody's granddaddy dug a hole in the right place. Like That's why they're able to recruit well, and that's why they're able to get five stars. Because, again, somebody's pawpaw dug a hole in the right place, and now they're worth billions. Yeah. There you go. I mean, why does nobody around here dig holes in the right places? Come on, guys. Let's get to it. I think there are some right places that are more right than others. Yeah. 
as it, yeah. as it turns out. Ge- geologically the market, speaking, the market for mud isn't as good as it used to be. You know, well, we got yeah. plenty of that. Um, we talked a good bit in the first hour about Mississippi State and Auburn, and mm-hmm. it largely had a negative tone to it, and and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Mississippi State got a win, thirty nine thirty three over the Auburn Tigers, a team that they don't always ton of ha- have a ton of success against. Although there have been some really big wins in, against Auburn through the years for, for Mississippi State. In, in recent years, State's been pretty good against Auburn. So what's next? I mean, we know, and I, look, I mean, I know what's next on the schedule. I understand that. So it's, it's Georgia this week. Yeah, it's Georgia this week, and then it's East Tennessee State, and then it's, it's Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. you've really boiled it down, hey, Dad. You said... You know, Georgia wins this week, Mississippi State wins the following week, and then you think the entire season comes down to the Egg Bowl. I mean, I always think the Egg Bowl is the most important game, but this year, that I mean, it's just everything. You know, Leach Owen, Leach seven and five, Owen three and three years against Ole Miss in a year where I mean, what would Ole Miss's record be if they win the Egg Bowl? Ten and two at worst, nine and three, mm-hmm. probably going to the Citrus Bowl. Um, you know, I don't think they can get into the Sugar Bowl now because of the way without Alabama will probably be in front of them if they win. But regardless, Ole Miss is poised to have another great season. And Mississippi State, you know, seven and five, Music City Bowl. I mean, where's your excitement? State's first game next year is against an FCS team. And that's the season opener. What's the attendance for that coming off of a seven and five and or you know, I should say seven and six? You know, kind of year because I don't I don't know how how much I trust Leach to get the team ready to play in a meaningless bowl game like that. So, you got no juice, you got no excitement around your program. You know, and people aren't fully bought into Mike Leach because they they don't want to see games like last night where it's just so painful to watch from start to finish. We'll get the new playoff rankings tomorrow from the CFP committee. AP's got Georgia 1. They got 62 of 63 first-place votes. By the way, in the coaches' poll, they got 61 of 63 first-place votes. The other two went to Michigan. In the AP, Ohio State still with one first-place vote. Was Harbaugh one of the two votes? (laughs) I don't know. And the other, Ryan Day? I mean, come on. So your top five in the AP is Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee. Tennessee drops three spots after their loss to Georgia. Would you have ranked it differently? See, I think the AP nailed the top five. That's exactly how I would have voted. Uh, Yes, I would have had Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee five. Ohio State and Michigan generally have been more impressive than TCU, but TCU just keeps on winning, and so I can't put them behind anybody with a loss at this point. No, and I, and I think they've got good wins. And, the, and and look, people go, well, you know, that win's not as impressive as it was when it happened. Oh, horse hockey. You don't play the game. It, like you, you don't replay the game a month later. Value the win based on who they played when they played them. What, why do you devalue a win for TCU over Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State's had a rash of injuries over the last three weeks and isn't as good now as they were then? They were good then. They were undefeated then. TCU gets credit for beating Oklahoma State when they beat Oklahoma State. I've got another crazy stat when we come back. LSU at 7, Alabama 10, Ole Miss 11, and that's it. 
for the SEC. By the way, Liberty, after their win over Arkansas, is up to number 19. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, coming up with you next. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Not great news on the NFL front if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Saw that Josh Allen, uh, it sounds like they're seeking another opinion. UCL damage. Pretty ugly hit, too. Yeah, I mean, that that very much feels like a baseball thing, and yet here you're talking about it with a quarterback in the uh, NFL. Have have you seen it? So much. So he's going to throw a pass. Defensive lineman, as he's throwing it, puts his arm to stop his arm, and Allen's like shoulder and upper arm goes forward, but his hand stays back. I mean, it's it's very – it looked bad. I can't believe he finished the game. He's tough, but didn't play well. Hmm. And I imagine that's part of the reason. Yeah, I would imagine that's part of the reason. they got to get some help around him, too. Got to get some help. Hey, Dad, you said you had a stat. Yeah. Uh... Let me get the date right here. November 6th, 2010, Alabama loses to LSU 24-21 for their second loss of the season. That is the last time Alabama played a college football game where they were not in the national championship conversation. That's Was it Ryan Brown that tweeted something along those lines over the weekend? It's like, of the last... I'll try and find it exactly. But it was something like of the last 175 games they've played, they played three games where they weren't in contention for the college football playoff, and their next three will double that number. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the consistency has been... And it makes you wonder, because you know one of the things that has been so impressive to me through the years is that Nick Saban's teams have been incredibly consistent, right? They, they they show up, they play hard, they play by the same standard, and there are only a couple of exceptions to that. Right? We've seen a couple of bowl games where it was just a bowl game and not a national championship appearance where they look like they wanted to be anywhere but there. And that Utah game is the one that kind of immediately pops to mind. Right. But it's been so long since a team from Tuscaloosa has played by their standard, meaningless games in November. But by the standard to which Alabama is measured, final three games of the regular season are meaningless. I mean, Ole Miss on the road, the Iron Bowl at home, and I know the Iron Bowl always matters, but you you understand what I'm saying. Auburn's a a disaster. and uh, Don't they have an FCS game in there, too? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Alabama has an FCS game next week as part of its as part of next week's cavalcade of fun on SEC Network ESPN Plus. Yeah, what a what an embarrassment Five of a weekend games. that is. 
Uh, yeah. I, I, here's your here's your by the way TV rundown for November nineteenth. Florida Vanderbilt SEC Network at eleven. Austin P Alabama. ESPN Plus at eleven. Mississippi State East Tennessee State East ESPN Plus at eleven. UMass Texas A and M ESPN Plus at eleven. Georgia Kentucky two thirty CBS. Western Kentucky Auburn SEC Network at three. Tennessee South Carolina is either ESPN or SEC Network Saturday night. Same thing for Ole Miss Arkansas. So that Ole Miss at Arkansas game is a night game. New Mexico at Missouri on ESPNU. And UAB LSU on ESPN2. I learned something this week about those games, by the way, that when they're the streaming game, the university has full control over the time. That is you correct. Can kick off whenever you whenever you like. So Mississippi State, I've seen some fans complaining. Mississippi State went to Mike Leach and, were, and asked, "When do you want to play?" And he's like, "Let's play 11 a.m. to give ourselves as much prep time to play for the Egg Bowl as we possibly can." So you know, while Ole Miss is playing a night game against Arkansas State, can at least have its players resting and starting up on the game plan. Yeah, whatever small advantage that gives them, he wanted it. Well, and it's late November, also. I mean. You got a chance it's cold at night, too. And so you instead... By the way, it's going to be cold this this Saturday. Yeah, we have a 20-degree drop here in Starkville. It's the high on Friday is 74. The high on Saturday is 54. And with a night kick for Georgia, it's going to be, what, 40 at kickoff? Low low 40s, high 30s, yeah. I think the high in Oxford on Saturday is like 49, and that game kicks at 2.30, and with the time change, what, you know... 5.15, 5.15, it'll be dark. Y'all are closer to the North Pole, so it should be a little a little colder. Slightly. Yeah. Let's see. What's the, uh, yeah, high of Saturday of 48, low of 28. Hello, Burr. Winter. Welcome. <laughs> yes, yes. I may drive to Oxford this week to get my genteel apparel uh, pullover from you so I can have something to wear. Not a bad plan. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. I guess I could mail it also. Would it be here by Saturday? Five o'clock hour coming up next. Take a shower and shine your shoes. Well, you got no time to lose. You're a young man, you must be living. Go now, you are forgiven. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. With you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601 879 4395. Again, 601 879 4395. If you've not been by lately, duck on over to ceasefire.com. You can always see about the best deals that they have going on. 
whether it's gifts as you get ready for the holiday season, like an iPhone 14 that is can be yours with a trade-in or an upgrade or information on C Spire Fiber Internet. Be sure to check them out online, cspire.com, or stop by a C Spire store in your neighborhood. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Might be chilly for golf on Saturday and Sunday this coming week, but, man, the rest of the week going to be great. Mid-70s, fall golf at its best. Hit it in the fairway, Borky. You don't want to be looking under those leaves for golf balls. That's really hard to do. That's such a bummer, too. You hit a good shot just off the edge of the fairway, but there are leaves everywhere and you can't find it. I know you don't really have that issue, but, yeah. Get a little wayward sometimes. Two 18-hole championship golf courses, not an issue for you, Hayden? Never an issue for me. It's never once in his life been an issue. Uh, the Oaks and the Azaleas, you can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can plan your trip today. All right, time for right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Talk about some of what happened in college football this weekend, and we will start in the Southeastern Conference, and then we'll spread out to some of the other games of interest. Before we do that, I want to remind you that starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow, You'll get the latest election results here on Super Talk Mississippi as the polls close across the Magnolia State and the country. Plus, Super Talk Mississippi News will bring you coverage of Mississippi's election results. It's one of the most important midterm elections ever, and we will have you covered. Hey, Dad, are you guest hosting that or co-hosting that? I'm I'm special correspondent. Yes. Okay, that'll be good. I just I'll be sure to listen. That'll make it extra entertaining. Florida at Texas A&M, guys. Gators win at 41-24. Texas A&M loses again. It felt a little different this time. Connor Wegman, who felt like they had a little bit of momentum with after the game against Ole Miss, unable to play because of the flu. They had a bunch of other guys that were unable to play because of the flu. I did have a friend remind me. He's like, you know, it's interesting. They had a bunch of guys that couldn't go, and they still played the game. Why didn't we do that a few years ago? Why do we start putting artificial roster limitations based on certain position groups instead of just playing it like it's always been for the history of football where it's like, you value the 12th man. He's got to play quarterback. Got to go play quarterback. But you got to play the game on your schedule. Anyway, sorry. That felt a little political also, but never mind. Well, Kellen Mond, remember, was in protocol, and so he couldn't play. The rest of the team was good to go, but anyway. Um Nobody's bitter, though. It's just pathetic. No bitterness at all. But none. I will say this, though. You, you said earlier that Borky had to change the, the logo that we did. He doesn't have to change it. You just got to flip the numbers. Mm-hmm. From Texas so, 8 so That's where they're going. Texas 4 and 8. I'm telling you right now, I'll make my pick now. Auburn's beating Texas a and I, I still wonder. It, it, they certainly can. I still wonder why people are convinced that Jimbo is going to make all these changes. Because we know football coaches are stubborn. Some of them are adaptable. Lane Lane Kiffin's adaptable. Nick Saban, to his credit, is pretty adaptable. Jimbo Fisher appears to be stubborn. And if I'm Jimbo, if I'm in his shoes, and I've won a national championship, and Ross Bjork comes to my office 
and says, Jimbo, we're going to keep you, but you got to change this, 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 and this. My response is, or what? Or what? I've got to hire an offensive coordinator at your approval, Who a guy that's never coached a day in your life, a guy that hired Matt Luke, who made Matt Luke hire Rich Rodriguez, or what? If I don't hire an OC to your liking, what are you going to do? Fire me? You can't do that. You can't afford it. Get out of my office and let me do my job. Or write me an $86 million check. People act like a and going to force all this on Jimbo. Or what? If he doesn't do it, what are the consequences? If there aren't any, you can't force him to do anything. Allow me to uh, regale you with a personal story about Jackie Sherrill who had, I think, five offensive coordinators in his time at Mississippi State, and yet the offense always looked the same. Yeah, I don't know all everybody he hired had a proclivity to run a draw play on third and 17, but it was a hell of a coincidence, if that's the case. When you have, as Joe Moorhead likes to say, 51% proclivity. And when you have what uh, Joe Moorhead called 51% of the vote, I mean, it doesn't change when the head coach is the same. Changing coordinators is, is something. And that picture of Jimbo that went around this weekend with all those play sheets, and he looks like an intern trying to make it to a meeting on time. That's a cry for help. I mean, I don't like, I don't know if I care for the Mike Leach, you know, postage stamp, but you got to have a little bit more, less than a full, a file folder, a trapper keeper full of plays. Hmm. Credit to Florida, right? I mean, they still had to get. Florida's not looked good, and they, went played. In. they played yeah. well. So uh, AJ getting sixteen touches again—it's—it's it's just criminal. But it's insane. It's insane. He got four touches, I think, in the second half. I, I, how just, could you do that? Just doesn't make any sense. It's criminal. Uh, Kentucky and Missouri. Did you watch? Did you guys watch any of this? Checked it out occasionally. Uh, yes, it, I, it was. I was at a, uh, a sports bar where I had Texas A&M in front and Kentucky behind, and I just kept doing this number right there. So 225 remaining, Kentucky punting the ball away to Missouri. Snap goes over the punter's head. The punter on a dead sprint toward the end zone picks it up. It was a four-point game, mind you. The smart play would have been for him to just keep on running toward Kansas City. Scoop it up, go out of the back of the end zone, take the safety, and, you know, carry on. That did not happen. He picked it up, and he turned, and he immediately tried to kick it, only to find a Missouri player crashing into his leg. And the rule is he was still inside the tackle box and therefore roughing the kicker, 15-yard penalty, first down! And Kentucky wins it. Right call rule that needs some adjusting. Among many. This kind of flew under the radar, by the way. Speaking of that game, what is Missouri doing? Why are you granting Drinkwitz an extension and a raise while he's 4-4 and in the middle of a season? In week 10, why are you giving him an extension and a raise? What are you doing? Our athletic director are, you, has been duped. You afraid that Auburn's going to come get him? 
Really? <laughs> they see progress. Who's Nebraska? Nebraska's yeah. trying to hire Eli Drinkwitz out from underneath Missouri, so we got to extend him. I look forward to them paying him thirty million dollars in two years. I mean, what what are you doing? Even if you believe in the future of the program, you're in the middle of a four and four season. Wait a few weeks and then evaluate it. Then. I saw that. When I saw that, I started giggling. I was like, I can't wait for the show because I know Borky will set me up and I'll just hit it. Just so stupid. What are these people doing? They're supposed to be very smart people that worked their way by grinding up a ladder to get where they are, and then they hand out undeserved extensions in the middle of the season with nobody competing against you. Nobody's competing. Nobody wants Eli Drinkwitz to be their coach. Only you. I will say the the part of it that makes sense is that they extended and gave a raise to their defensive coordinator. They doubled his salary from six hundred thousand to one point two million. Uh, they He's desperately good. want to keep Blake Baker, who has done quite a good job sure. this year. But now, yeah, Georgia twenty seven. Why did that have to happen this week? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's skip over that for now. I'm gonna let you guys talk about that one. I got to split here in a second. This Liberty Arkansas game. Where are you going? Brother, we got a flag football game that starts at 545. All right, all right. I live with that. I, I, I received permission in advance. I didn't, I'm not just like running out without asking. Just ditching us. Yeah, I know. Uh, Liberty led 7 to nothing. Touchdown pass in the first quarter. They were up 21 to 3 at the half, and it was 21 to 3 because Arkansas kicked a field goal from 50 yards out as time expired to get on the board. Arkansas got a safety to make it 21 to 5. And Arkansas made it interesting in the fourth quarter. They scored with 7.42 left, got the two point conversion, made it 21 13, scored with a minute 11 left. Their two point conversion try failed. And Liberty wins 21 19. You could audibly hear the boos from Arkansas fans throughout the course of that game. More coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. with you on a Monday. Let's talk about that Liberty-Arkansas game. Yeah, sure. Like I said, I I watched. (laughs) They tend to do that there. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Go. So, we both said that we didn't think Liberty had the horses to hang in this game. We did. The truth is, we were right. They shouldn't, anyway, have the horses to hang in that game, and yet they did. And they won. What is it both? One more than the other? Is it more of an indictment on Sam Pittman in the current state of his program, or is that more of a credit to Hugh Freeze and his coaching ability to go there and win 
up 21 to nothing at one point in that game, gave up a cheap field goal that they shouldn't have at the end of the half. It should have been 21 nothing going into the locker room. So, Freeze deserves a lot of credit. His defensive coordinator deserves a lot of credit. Is who I, I don't know who that is. But, I mean, to hold an SEC team, I mean, you think in a game against a group of five team, you might give up, you know, 21 points. Stay gave up 26 to Memphis. Uh, Ole Miss gave up, what, 27 to Tulsa. It happens. But you expect your offense to be able to deliver, and they didn't. So give Freeze and his team and his guys a lot of credit. But, yeah, the bloom is just off the Sam Pittman rose at this point. I had them doing well this year. I had no idea how bad they were going to be defensively, uh, and they are awful defensively. Um, and now they have to play LSU and Ole Miss in back-to-back weeks. They could very well be 5-6 and six when, when they play Missouri. And that game could be for bowl eligibility for both teams. That is an incredible statement. That team was ranked in the top ten at the end of September. Um, and I just saw now that two defensive backs will not play in the LSU game. So, I mean, this is the worst pass defense in the SEC, and it just keeps getting worse for the Razorbacks. So, yeah, with Pittman, you know, we, we love the down-homedness, and, 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 and you couldn't help but be a little bit better than Chad Morris, who's just – I wouldn't let Chad Morris manage a car wash. It would go out of business within two months. But now it's, it's to the point where, okay, you know, you're kind of not what you're supposed to be at this point. You you were better last year. You won nine games. You looked great. This year has been a, a total you know regression. The West is just it's just bad. Yeah. The West is bad. I mean, Alabama and LSU is good. Alabama Alabama would beat most teams in college football. Yeah. Ole Miss is like this big enigma. It's like when they're playing their best, unstoppable. When they're playing their worst, you run over them like, like there's nothing. They're not even there. They've only done that with one game, though. And then you have State, who I think State's not a very good team, and then Arkansas is not a very good team, and then A&M and Auburn are legitimately bad. Get a message here. Freeze is just a heck of a coach. May not be a good human, but a great coach. There's no doubt. I mean, but no doubt. But there hasn't been that doubt because we got another one that says Hugh Hugh Freeze probably just got a big time job if he wants it with that win. And maybe that makes people look at him differently. Uh, Maybe so. But that's the thing, man. Is he's got a lot of big time wins already in his career. It's not like he's Jamie Chadwell, right? That Jamie Chadwell is very unproven. Friday, yeah. yeah. I like Jamie Chadwell. I mean, he's already beaten Alabama. Yeah, twice beat Alabama. Won a Sugar Bowl at Ole yeah. Miss, which is not something that happens he's very often. Beaten LSU, has beaten Auburn, has beaten Arkansas, has beaten Mississippi State. He's beaten every team has, in the SEC has, West. I'm trying to think who he, who he, who he beat in the East. Beat uh, did not Georgia? beat Georgia. What? No, he did with Chad Kelly. He's got a win over Kirby Smart's yeah. Georgia. Yeah, beat Georgia. Uh, wouldn't have beaten Florida. Would have beaten Tennessee. I mean, the guys won, and then not to mention the fact that he, you know, won uh, a Sugar Bowl. I mean, yeah, yeah. The resume's fine. It's what you're not putting on the resume that keeps people away. And it's just like you said earlier: is Auburn willing to say, you know what, we're not going to look at that. We're going to focus on the football thing. Yeah. And if somebody asks, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Now, will it be funny? I don't know who it'll be funnier for you or me. We're both going to laugh. I don't know who's going to laugh harder. Oh, but, man. I mean, I feel like we're trying. I feel like they're going to make a huge swing at Kiffin. They're going to tell Kiffin something like, 
$100 million over however many years, all fully guaranteed, do what you want, hire who you want, you have full control. And if that doesn't pan out, Freeze, Freeze is a safe option. He will win there. For how long? That's what Auburn's got away now. If if they actually want to consider him, which reportedly they are, you know that the ability to coach football at a high level is there. There's no doubt. He proved it again. Watched him beat Arkansas with Liberty on Saturday. That happened. What's fascinating about him and Auburn in the situation is there are other candidates that don't provide a personal risk. And and that's how I would classify. P- people keep doing the, well, the, the NCAA is not a problem anymore. It was just a player sleeping on a coach's couch. That's not what anybody's talking about in terms of risk. It's not that. It's right. personal risk. It's, oh, well, all football coaches have skeletons. They might, but this in particular, uh, you know about them. They are published on Front Street. You've seen them. They've been dissected in your science class. He named all 209 bones on that skeleton. Everybody's seen it. And it will be more scrutinized than any other coach in college football. Heavily. You cannot misstep, if you're him, back at a big-time job. Because the SEC is filled with killers. Liberty has no killers. You, You can hide there. There's no scrutiny. In the SEC West, there's scrutiny. So... They've got to decide if that's worth it. But you know the ability to win at a high level is there. Take Lane Kiffin. You know that the ability to win at a high level is there. But Hugh Freeze would come at half the cost, I think. So the financial risk is there for Kiffin. Dan Lanning's another candidate, apparently. You don't have to worry about personal stuff, one, right? apparently. You don't have to, the, the, the personal year. risk is not there, but you don't know if he's got the entire body of work. They're, right. every, one year, uh, players that were recruited when he got there, he brought in the grad transfer, Bo Nix, but I, I mean, I can't tell you with any certainty that he knew what he was getting. I mean, my guess is Dan Lanning was looking at Bo Nix going, I kind of know what I'm getting, and uh, we'll see how it goes at best. Right, Dan Lanning couldn't have been off of his experience of playing him at Georgia, looking at Bo Nix and saying, "This is a guy I can turn into a Heisman candidate." Couldn't have been. So, I mean, credit for doing it. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know, at Auburn, where you got to bring in another quarterback, first first order of business. I've seen this sentiment uh, from the text line. I've seen this like three times already. If Auburn hires Kiff and Ole Miss should rehire Freeze, he's learned his lesson. How do you know? How, how do you Please know? Let that happen. How, let no, that. it won't. It, the, the, as long as the current leadership is in place at Ole Miss, it's not going to happen. It won't. So entertaining mm-hmm. that's not even worth the time. But how do you know? That's what I, I saw that from people all weekend. Oh, he's learned from his mistakes. How do you know? Or are you just projecting that because he's winning football games? Again, there is no scrutiny at Liberty. None. You can do whatever. You can get away with whatever you want. It's a little bit different than the SEC. To pretend like it's not a risk for anybody, I think it's a little foolish. That being said, if you can stomach the risk, you're going to get a winner. No doubt about it. And he proved it again on Saturday. And basically lobbied for the job after the game as well. Straight up 
as close as a yes. coach can get to begging for a job publicly, he begged for the job publicly. Not through Jimmy, not through sources. He wants it. He said as much. Auburn would win right away if they did it. But you always have that that thought in the back of your head, just wondering if something else is going to happen. We'll see if they go down that road. I think they might. And he'd do all the hokey stuff that they love. He would, yeah. Be a deep, deep part of the uh, the family. The Auburn family. Mississippi State's next opponent, Georgia, beat up on Tennessee. What did you think? I was very impressed with Georgia. Um, I was sort of hoping Tennessee would score late so I could get that backdoor cover, but that never came. Uh I don't think I think Tennessee just ran into a buzzsaw. If they played again on a neutral field, I don't know that, that game would go the exact same way. I still think Tennessee is very, very good, but Georgia is clearly the best team in the country, and they will be the favorites the rest of the way to defend their national title, and as as they should be, they're they're very, very good. They're very talented. Stetson Bennett should be right there in the Heisman discussion. Played really well. Love the uh, call me uh, taunt that he gave the Tennessee fans. And, uh, yeah, great game for Georgia. We'll be right back. we got uh, a bunch of messages to get to. We won't get to them all, but we will try talking college football. A big weekend that was right here on Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. I just saw one of the dumbest videos I've ever seen. So the New York City Marathon's going on, I believe, today. And I don't know if you've ever been a distance runner, hey, Dad, but after a while, you get in such a rhythm. Astronaut, eh, Dad? But <laughs> what was the moon like? <laughs> Go ahead with your comment, though. <laughs> oh man! So, Ooh. so when you're running long right. distances, you can't just yes, please tell me about stop. It. Stopping's not possible when you're running that long a marathon. You can't just stop, or else your legs will like, like go in shock, basically. Because you're in such a rhythm for such a... Anyway. So this girl's on mile 24 of the New York City Marathon. And one of her idiot friends is so excited to see her running by, she runs into the race to give her a hug, and the girl immediately collapses, and her legs, like, seize up, and they can't move because you stopped her from running. 
Oh, man. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, idiots. Not live. as funny as your comment before, though. No. Jeez Louise. Idiots. Uh, make sure. Us. Make sure, because I'll do it if you don't. Make sure that clip goes out tomorrow. <laughs> that, uh, that has potential. John says, oh, if I was Auburn... I'm not a fan. I would take Freeze in a second. You don't find many coaches with his capability. Lots of safeguards in his contract. If he would accept them, would make it even better from my standpoint. Yeah, the only way you're going to do it is if you take his social media away from him. That, that's If I'm John Cohen and I'm orchestrating this deal and that's who Auburn wants, and who knows who Auburn wants, I mean, you've got seven candidates that are out there and apparently their number one candidate turned down the job today, but Greg, Greg McElroy won't tell you who it is, but he told you that the first guy turned the job down, but you don't know who first guy is, and it's all just stuff. It's talk or whatever. But if they decide that's where they're going to go, your social media is not yours. That is in the contract or else we're not hiring you. You cannot send private messages to people that are suing us. Can't do that. Yeah. You can't search your like, own name. You'll, you'll have a Twitter account. Yeah, but this intern runs it. She will not tell you the password. And all she's going to do is quote tweet everything Auburn football puts out with, War Eagle, can't wait to see you there. Yep. That's all you're getting. And that's it. Yeah. And that's and then it. John Cohen will retweet it three days later. <laughs> that's the only way I do it. There are stipulations like that, guaranteed. And if you break them, you break the contract and it's over. That's the only way that I would I would be able to stomach it is if social media, gone. We'll give you $60 million over 10 years or whatever. We'll start you there, and if you win, we'll increase your salary like all the other coaches in the SEC. We'll give you a lot more money than Liberty. I mean, he, he would crawl to Auburn. He would crawl to Auburn, if that's what it took to get that job. I keep having people say to me, oh, well, no, he's he's really happy at Liberty. I'm sure he is, and I'm sure Jamie Chadwell's happy at Coastal Carolina, and I'm sure John Summerall's happy at Troy, and, and I'm sure Kane Womack's happy at South Alabama, but every single one of those people have aspirations bigger than the jobs that they currently have. Welcome to reality. Uh, but yes, if I go down that road, there are stipulations that have to be agreed upon, or the job is not yours. Yeah. So it's that simple. Somebody said they almost wrecked the car, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this? Uh, hey, that, Michael and Brian. That might have been funnier. That might have been funnier than seasoning with seasonings. Yeah. Oh, that's way it better. Really might have been. And um, ah. and something else that happened recently. Um, uh, you know, I didn't laugh as hard on that one as I did on seasoning with seasonings. Uh, we get a message here. It's day, obvious to me that's that the biggest one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that Bryce Young is not a hundred percent healthy. Uh, I agree. I don't think I mean, he is. That's pro- probably true. But at this point in a college football season, who is a hundred percent healthy? You know, it's just how much can you do with what you got at this point? Bryce Young's not the reason they lost that game either. So no. But no. oh, I, I, you know, we didn't, we didn't do losers for no, us. No, we didn't. But I, by we the way, talk about we got to talk about this. Because it happened to Alabama and Auburn, and it cost them both. Chasing points is a loser. Look, I understand late in the game when the analytics say go for two, you got to go for two, right? You only have so many possessions left. But middle of the second quarter or early third quarter, just kick the extra point and play the game. Both Auburn and Alabama chased points 
Alabama did it when they were up 15-14. to 14. Instead of just kicking the extra point, they went for two to try to make it a three-point game. I know what the math tells you. I know what the chart tells you. Auburn did the same thing. They're down 24-12. to 12. They try to make it a 10-point game. They get stopped on both games, If they on both tries. If they just kick the extra point there, they win both. Both teams win in regulation. Yeah. I get it late in the game. Fourth quarter, six minutes to go. You got to go for two because you've only got so many possessions left. Second quarter, just kick. So, my loser would have been had we actually gotten to them. Shout out, Richard. Uh, would have been Tennessee fans and their feels like '98 signs at game day, even though it was in Athens. Never do feels like they were still there, and the shirts. Those shirts are everywhere, and it's all over social media. Feels like 98, they say. Feels like 98. You can still buy the shirts online. Here's what those those idiots don't understand that they're doing by wearing those shirts and holding up those signs. What you are saying mm-hmm. in big, bold letters is, we haven't been good since before our current players were born. That's True. what you're saying. When you're saying it feels like 1998, you're saying it feels... Like sixteen or, or twenty six years ago I mean, is what you're saying. Georgia did not break out feels like eighty last year. No, Tennessee fans are putting on billboards. It feels like a time that our current players weren't alive for. That's how long we've been irrelevant for. What are you yeah. thinking? Let's you can get those shirts on a discount, by the way. They're still fans. online. I'm sure a bunch of kids in Zimbabwe will be wearing them next year. Uh, two two fan bases that need a little talking to. Georgia, who called out Tennessee for storming the field, saying that we never stormed the field at Georgia, only to be shown video of them storming the field when beating Tennessee 10 years prior. And LSU. Look, I like field stormings. I, li- I-, I like the fun of the of college. We, had, we talked about this on Friday, right? I like a good field storming when having a big emotional win. But LSU, how about you have some respect for yourself? All right? You stormed the field after beating Ole Miss, a team you beat pretty regularly. I know they were in the top ten, but, you know, you were favored to win the game. And you won, and you stormed the field. You know what, though? You were unranked. They were in the top ten. I'll let you have it. But now you're ranked tenth, and you beat the sixth-ranked team in the country. And I know it's Alabama, and I know they've been the boogeyman. I, 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 I get it. I said I made a comment on the podcast. I don't think I can make it here. That's fine. But you storm the field again. You have single-handedly funded this scholarship fund the SEC does for like the next ten years. In the past three weeks, why are you storming the field, LSU? You won the national title three years ago. You're a good program, historic tradition. Stop storming the field. It's it's a shame that they have two road SEC games left because they can't do it again. They might storm the field in Fayetteville. What's the fine for repeat offender in the same season? It's it's topped out at five hundred k or two hundred fifty k. I'm sorry. Oh, that's a shame. I, I there's only one way. You know, the, you, we talked about the uh, the committee and all that. There's only two ways to stop this, and they are both to create ridiculous over the top penalties. It's either one. The fine is $20 million, 
in which case the universities will have the National Guard surrounding the field if you try that. Yeah, they'll be placed on a phone call in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, we're up uh, two scores on Alabama. Go ahead and deploy for me. And you just see a tank back up. Like, you're not coming on the field. Or it's to tell teams, if you storm the field, we'll give you one with a fine. A second time in a five-year span, you're not bowl eligible. Just take that away. Imagine if you you know you beat the number one. You're number five in the country. You beat the number one team. You're going to go to the college football playoff. No, you're not. Because two years ago, when you beat the number twelve team in the country, and you were unranked, you stormed the field. Or just find ways to do it safely. One or the other. Well, I mean, there's that. But if you want to really, I mean, if you're going to go the punishment route, you know. You really want to stop it? That's the only way. Can you imagine telling the athletic department to cut a $20 million check because the fans stormed the field? They, they tell you the next week you weren't allowed in the stadium. We're playing with no fans. But they're willing to pay $20 million for Gus Malzahn to go away. Sports, man. Doesn't make any sense, but right. we love it anyway. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Hayda. We got one more segment with you. Text us. 601-879-4395 on the ceasefire text line. We'll be back. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. So the Saints play tonight against the Ravens. I know, but I won't get to see it. Oh, going to basketball. Yeah, basketball. College basketball starts around here tonight. You know, I I realized something today, by the way. I know you love to talk about don't go up against the NFL. I really, I, I said when it happened, I didn't understand why college basketball was starting on a Monday night instead of starting on the weekend when you have people in town for football games. But I also didn't realize at the time, every NBA team is playing tonight. Every one of them. 16 games. There are 15, yeah, there are 16 games in the NBA tonight. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? I just don't understand. So, also, real quick, everybody on the text line, I don't hate fun or hate field storming. I'm saying, I'm trying to tell you, if I was on this committee and they were like, we got to get rid of field storming, what should we do? Those are my suggestions. You got to go extreme. Brian Haydad, the college football fan, says storm the field. Yeah, what a big game! Go out there. You guys must have on me for no reason. You must have missed the show Friday. The SEC has a new working group or whatever, and they're trying to get rid of field storming altogether. We don't like that idea, but if they're going to try to get rid of it, th- that's all. Yeah, it's the SEC is trying go, to get rid you of it. You got to go forever. that route. Yeah, but the Saints play tonight, and. Yeah. While it seems like they're on the up and up, they are playing better as of late. Tonight is a massive game. They can tie for the division lead with a win tonight. It's a big game at home against Baltimore Monday night. you got to have this one. After this game, 
There is one team remaining on their schedule that is currently above 500. So getting a win tonight would be huge for them moving forward. One thing that's driven me nuts about this team is on second and 10 following an incompletion, you're guaranteed to get a run up the middle. Now we know for sure. 55% of second and 10s for the Saints are run plays. 96% of Mississippi State's first down plays are pass plays. And Funny day. 21% of them are deemed a success. In the NFL advanced stats, successful running, what is it, like four and a half yards or more, something like that? Eh, whatever. But the something point like is... I didn't realize Ole Miss had already tipped off, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. That's the women. The, the men started eight. Oh. oh, they did a doubleheader? Doing a doubleheader tonight. I got you. I got you. Yeah, basketball. Are you excited? Are people excited? People... I don't think so. I think they're very much in wait and see after a decade of, of kind of, you know, with one tournament appearance. Me, myself, I think this is going to be a tough first year for Chris Jans, but I, I have faith in him. He's won everywhere he's been. I, I think he can put together a winning team here at Mississippi State. By the way, this that but, Saints number is third to worst in the NFL. Only two teams run it more on second and ten than the Saints. Mike McDaniel's Miami Dolphins, only 5% of second and tens are a run up the middle. There's a reason they're winning. Jeez. Yeah. There's, a, uh, there's a reason they are winning. Get a suggestion, do it like Clemson and wait until everyone else is off the field. That's exactly what I want to happen. Vicky in Columbus says, uh, I can assure you if State knocks off Georgia, this 65-year-old girl storming the field, if security tries to stop me, they'll get a knuckle sandwich. Tell them, Vicky. I'm going viral. Somebody, watch a security guard getting getting his clock cleaned by a 64-year-old Bulldog fan. I want to see that video. i got to be honest with you. No offense to you know the fine security people. I, I, I mainly want to see it because Mississippi State would have beaten Georgia in that instance, and that would make for great content. Could you imagine? Hashtag content. Could you? I mean, you know, I don't think it's it's going to happen. When, when for some reason, people started talking themselves into that in August, I remember thinking, yeah. guys, pump your brakes. Are you kidding me? Right. And now, it's much, much no. But have you gotten that? So everybody talks about the patented Mike Leach stuff. Right. Random loss, random win. Random win. Have we gotten the random, the random win yet? No, not this year. Because the teams they've beaten, they're Arkansas better than us. Yeah, exactly. This would be it, or Ole Miss. I will say this, and I mean this with all sincerity. A win on Saturday against Georgia would be a bigger win than the 1980 win over Alabama, in my opinion. Just for what college football is at this time, it would be a bigger win. And what Georgia is at this time as well. I mean, my gosh, they yeah. are an absolute yeah. machine. Uh, so we'll talk about the lines for this weekend, Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, Georgia, the rest of college football tomorrow. Uh, we'll also talk about the basketball games that happen tonight, at least a little bit. I mean, we got basketball. It's here. So we'll watch the games, tell you about them, and more coming up tomorrow for Richard Cross, who's been off for the last 40 minutes or so, and Brian Haydad. I'm Michael Borky. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 3.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.